Hey pals, you're listening to Heaving Bosoms Ask a Badass, the episode where we spotlight listeners to ask about their love of romance and all the other zany things y'all crave. Before we start, we've got a special treat for you. On Monday, April 13th, I'm joined by Katie Robert, author of Deep Feels and Scandalously Delicious Smut, to recap The Mummy. This is especially fortuitous because Katie has pushed up her release date of the next installment of her Wicked Villain series. Make sure you pre-order The Beast now because it comes out on April 13th as well. And now we've got a woman of indomitable spirit, Asha. She's a Harry Potter shipper who's also read everything Lisa Kleypas has ever written. A swearing mom who manages to be a superhero without caffeine, a lover of all tropes, and a person after my own heart, preferring her spice level at burn your face off. Here we go. Hi, Asha. Hi, Natalie. I'm so excited for this. So HBs, I'm here with Asha, and um, she is one of our UK HBs. So she is talking to me in the middle of the night. Yes. And I am thankful for her service. You should also be thankful <laughs> for her service. <laughs> well, it's, this is the first time I've recorded with somebody that's in a different continent. Everyone has been in Canada or the US. And so I. this is the first time we've had this you know, like time zone issue, which you're just like, no problem. I'll just do it in the middle of the night. I would not be nearly as nice as you if it was the reverse situation. I'd be like, no, work your schedule around me, okay? Because <laughs> you have to like get up and be a mom tomorrow, right? Yes, I do. But I kind of, um, when I like first said, oh yeah, I'll do the ask about it. I kind of guessed that this is how it would be. Yeah. Um, the time difference is quite extreme. Um, yeah. I have a cousin who lives in Utah and I I think that's like 10 hour time difference. I'm kind of yeah. used to kind of negotiating the time difference yeah, or whatever. Yeah, having to figure that out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, I was looking through all the previous Ask About Asses and I was like, I, I think I'm the first non-American one, but I wasn't sure. You are. I mean, non-American. We did have some Canadians. So North American. North American. Yes, yeah. exactly. I think if they if we tried to call them Americans at this point, <laughs> they would be disgusted and horrified. <laughs> they would riot. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no one wants to be a part of this crazy ass election situation we're going up going on right now. So I completely oh, understand. Yeah. We're here for a podcast though. Maybe I should talk let's about Let's talk about the podcast. The podcast. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about romance. Oh my favorite. You've been reading romance. You've been reading romance for a long time, yeah? Yes, I have, yeah. So basically before I discovered that romance novels were a thing at 18. I used to love like younger YA romance. I used to be, read a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And especially, um, mm-hmm. I don't know how to pronounce her name, Meg Cabot. I was a huge fan of yeah. the Princess Diaries and um, mm-hmm. all her various books. And then I discovered fan fiction where I would honestly say is probably where I first read any sex scenes. Um, but yeah. since I was reading Harry Potter fan fiction, 
most of them were written by 16, 17 year olds who I, well, there was, I remember this one author I used to read and she used to write like sex scenes and always the bottom in the author's note, she used to say, um, I'm sorry if my sex scenes aren't realistic. I'm actually a virgin. <laughs> and, then, um, <laughs> <laughs> and so, girl. <laughs> Ima- imagination is a miraculous place, you know? Yeah, and um, so that's where, like, I think it, it started until, until I stumbled upon Twilight fan fiction. And then it was, because it was mainly, like, moms uh, writing that. It was a lot more realistic. Oh, right. And when I, was, I remember when I was 18, um, mm-hmm. uh, one of my best friends from university was, um, she's a mature student, so she'd gone to work straight after school, then she'd gone, come back 10 years later. Yeah. She's 10 years older than me. And we became really close. Which, like, mad respect, because oh. if I went tried to go back to university, like, right now, impossible. She, it would never She work. did find it really, really tough, because, you know, she was married, she had a little girl, she was um, yeah. working at the same time, and, um, and we just, like, Ugh. really gravitated towards each other. Yeah. Um, we had her niece was my sister's friend. So we kind of had that connection outside of university. We just became really, really close friends. And I remember I went to her uh, house and she had like this massive bookshelf full of romance novels. And I was like, what? Excuse me. What are these? (laughs) I lost my mind. I was like, what are these things? And she was like, oh, she was like not embarrassed. She was like so proud of it. And she was just like, oh, okay. And she'd been collecting for years. And she had, uh-huh. um, so the first one I read was, was generally considered one of the best romances of all time, Devil in Winter by Lisa Clay. Still. Yeah, still. Yeah. So first, I started, yeah. I started high. So she gave me, um, so I just went through her bookshelf and she was trying to talk to me and I was just like, I just couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't talk to anyone. I was like, you need to stop talking. Just, look, just leave me. <laughs> leave I me. am busy. <laughs> leave, okay. leave me with your books. <laughs> and, and the other one I chose was um, Romancing Mr. Bridgerton. Uh, the fourth in the Bridgerton mm-hmm. series by uh, Julia Quinn. And uh, have you read all of them now? Yeah, yeah, I have. I have. Okay. And um, that was so. I don't know why I picked the third in a series and a fourth in a series. Um, and I read them, and I'd never read like he- historical regency. None of it made sense to me. I didn't understand what was happening. But I got the sex scenes, and I was all in. I was like, "Yeah, this is yeah, this is for me. I love this." And she had my friend. She had um, basically. All of Lisa Claypass's backlist, all of Julia Quinn's backlist, all of Mary Ballog's, Judith McNaught, like these massive authors, most of them. And Eloisa James, she had like the whole, every book they'd ever written, novellas, everything. And I was just, so my full three-year degree, I did English literature. And I am so glad at the same time I was reading romance because Otherwise, my degree would have killed my love of reading because <laughs> yeah. It, was, yeah. it was heavy. Some of the books we were told to read, I was just like, after like seminar sessions, you know, we'd be like holding each other up. After we did like po- post-colonial <laughs> literature and we were just like talking about slavery all the time. It was re- yeah. it used to be perfect to come home and just like read a romance novel. It was just a perfect type of escapism. And I've pretty much just been reading yeah. since then. Uh, yeah. Do you read uh, things other than romance right now? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'd say I'm like, I, romance is my favorite genre. It's what I love the most. And because I'm like just addicted to books in general, like if someone says, oh, that's a good book, you know, whatever, if it's like a book, um, it's a famous books being adapted into a TV show yeah. or it's yeah. it in the bestseller list, I will tend to read it. But I just, just because I can't help myself. But 
genuinely yeah. I just don't enjoy them as much as romance and I say like especially in the last year to 18 months um I just read romance more other than like romance and reading well are your kids really big readers no they're not well I've got an eight-year-old and five-year-old um so mm-hmm. my five-year-old's obviously she just started properly reading in the last six to eight months I would say and she does enjoy it she enjoys being read to uh and my eight-year-old no he's he's not that much he's kind of um he has a Nintendo Switch so I bribe him with that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, for every hour, <laughs> for every hour of reading you do, you can go on the Nintendo Switch for an hour. So, yeah. Do you guys have? I have one kid, yeah, that, that likes to read, and then another bo- a kid that is like, I mean, I'll sit here for a minute, I guess, but really, it's not what I want to be doing. I just can't believe I live in a world where my son is not a huge reader. I don't know where yeah. I failed. What's gone wrong? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's one of those things, though, too, where it's like the more you try to get some a kid to read, you know what I mean? Like you just have to have the supplies available, you know, and then they'll if you the more you force it, the less they're going to they're going to push away from it. You know what I mean? When I was younger, I was like my parents had to tear books out of my hands. It was just such an obsession for me. And, you know, my mom's like, I thought you'd grow out of it at one point. You're still the same. It's still like, you know, it's still is she reading or is she talking to us? You know, it, it's like, <laughs> reading is still the most important thing in your life. Um, and uh, and it's just so strange to me that, you know, we didn't have books in my house growing up. Um, my mom used to take us to the library every Saturday and um, it was like such a privilege. And I have so many books in the house. I, like from the moment I found out I was pregnant with my son, it was just like, you know, I, I just be constantly browsing for all the children's classics, you know, what kind of good deals I could buy. And they just, I think, I think they just don't care. They just, he, they're just mm-hmm. there and he's just like, yeah. Well, and it's like something every, you know, different things are good for different people. You know mm. what I mean? Like that's, you know, I don't know. I think my son Thomas is not very much of a reader. He, he, he doesn't mind when you read in books, but it's just more, but yeah, Ruby is definitely a very, very much of a, a of a reader and wants to, to read books all the time. We're reading the, Princess in Black. There it is. Okay. Um, and it's a princess who is also a ninja. Very nice. And this one is about a science fair. And it has been very exciting. She has really liked it. This is the first book that she has been able to kind of read all on her uh, own. And she hasn't really needed help. So it's very fun for uh, her. For that's sure. really sweet. I'm reading um, The Worst Witch to my daughter. And I'm not sure like how popular they are in America. They're quite famous here because there was a really um, big TV series when we were growing up as well, like an adaptation of them. So I'm reading these to my daughter because I never read them growing up. And I'm like, this lady should sue J.K. Rowling because the books were written at the 70s and 80s. I'm like, she has literally just ripped her off. I don't understand why it's not a bigger thing because it's not like the worst witch books are like this niche cult thing. They're pretty famous books. And it's just the way that J.K. has kind of... um, Completely. Yeah. There's so many similarities. I could not believe it. I was like, whoa. <laughs> and it's, it takes until you w- read them when you're older for you to be like, um, wait. <laughs> What's happening here? Um, I, meant to, I meant to ask you, what was your Harry Potter relation, uh, fanfic ship that you, that you were hoping for? That was hoping for. Oh, no, I'm really basic. I want, you know, canon. You know, whatever the author says, I'm there for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. You just want canon but with the sex or like with the uh, you got me yeah that, that kind of sum, <laughs> sums me up in a sentence um yeah no but what I used to really enjoy reading was um when I first started reading fan fiction 
it was um I used to love reading Harry's parents they used to be especially oh. especially after book five um uh, people were really like what's happening with you know what how did Lily and James Potter get together since, you know because of that flashback scene in Order of the Phoenix and um mm-hmm. so I used to love reading those I used to love reading I've always been a big fan of time travel I'm a huge Doctor Who fan I if, if there's a movie yeah. or tv show with time travel I am that they never make any sense I love dissecting and being like plot hole plot hole plot hole plot hole <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the type of person I am. I can never just unthinkingly consume a TV show, a book, or whatever. I'll be yeah. just like a rip it to shreds. And my husband will be like, oh, so you didn't like it? He's like, no, I loved it. It was shit. <laughs> it was amazing, but these are the problems. But that's just, that's just how I enjoy things. And um, yeah. so, you know, um, there were loads of like time travel ones, like, Harry is dead. Harry never existed. You know, and it just I can love oh, I can love time travel ones, and um, there used to be loads of um, like teacher student ones, and oh. thankfully I hated them then, and I hate them in my romance now. That has never yeah. been my thing, and there was always obviously the the I think I mean I've, how, I'll be honest since I started reading romance properly, I kind of left fan fiction. I don't read it anymore. Um, uh-huh. But people used to love the kind of Malvoy and Ginny or Malvoy and Hermione. Yeah. Oh, Malvoy and Ginny. That is opening up vistas inside of my brain. Right yeah, now. I think it was just kind of, it's kind of like that, um, the kind of like a, the, that famous trope, enemies to lovers or Romeo and Juliet. It's kind of people just fitting you know their own trope, uh, own Absolutely. Yeah, tropes onto it and kind of forcing it, you know? You know which character never gets brought up and never has... Well, I'm sorry. Someone's probably written a ship probably. somewhere. It's Hannah Abbott. <laughs> that poor Hufflepuff. She just has gotten a lack of attention. And you know, I mean, she was part of Gryffindor's army. She's there. She's down to pound. Like, she needs someone to write a ship like a like a fan i am sure that is one that has got to be one <laughs> there um, has to be because they're uh, my brain is not unique someone else is like you know what hannah abbott can get it and here's so why. hannah abbott was a hufflepuff and i think there was yeah. um uh, a stage show a couple of years ago called puff and it was basically <gasps> the harry potter novels from the no. point of view of hufflepuffs <laughs> and i imagine they were just going what the fuck throughout the seven years <laughs> like fucking Harry Potter and his Gryffindor friends <laughs> bringing the apocalypse down their heads again and um and I, I never um I think you can buy it on iTunes or something or it might be on YouTube but um I remember at the time being like oh that is a genius idea I'm sure there'll be there'll be yeah. more stuff like that. Um, you know, as I've grown old, yeah. I used to be a huge Harry Potter fan, and I think J.K. said problematic things, and you know, kind of your love sours, and I moved away from it. But one thing she did do was she created enough of a universe that so many people, like millions and millions of people, feel so comfortable just playing in and just kind mm-hmm. of she, she created enough parameters that you can go crazy, and you know. Yeah. And I think that's one one of the geniuses of the world is that you could have inserted yourself in. I think H.B. Caitlin and I talked about this where it's like once an author, once an author writes something and puts it out into the world, like it's not theirs anymore. You know what I mean? So like, sorry, JK, you suck (laughs) as a human being, but this is still ours and we get to enjoy it. I think she's one of the worst, or maybe she's 
the most famous one of kind of like that George Lucas problem. You cannot stop tinkering with it. It's constant retconning. It's constantly like, mm-hmm. you know, no, no, but this is what I meant. And, you know, and it, it's it, each yeah. time it's like diminishing returns. And have you read mm-hmm. um, the His Dark Materials, like Northern Lights, Amber Spagler by Philip Pullman? I haven't. I have not. So they're fantastic. I Well, no, I've, so I think, is that, um, is that Golden Compass? Gold- the Golden Compass, yeah. Yeah, I've read the first one. I haven't read anything after that. So um, obviously they, like, they were like huge YA fantasy books. And I followed the author, Philip Pullman, on Twitter. And he is fantastic because he has people asking him all the time about, you know, um, really weird questions, obscure questions of what's happening. What, oh, how did this happen? Exp- explain the rules of the world a bit more to us. How does the magic work? And he'll just be like, it's up to you. You decide. You know, I, I've written my story. The story is told. Uh, you know, yeah. you go forth. And, you know, I just think that's so amazing. It's kind of, you know, um, the, because they're both fantasy. I mean, his golden comp, the, the, the dark materials books are all fantasy. Harry Potter's all fantasy. They were written around about the same time. Yeah. And, but it's just mm-hmm. this complete different view of, uh, the death of the author is kind of, yeah. One author just cannot stop being like, inserting yeah. herself in yeah. and one is like it's your world go for it say what you want you know uh, yeah what make it whatever you want it to whatever be. you want it to be and I, I like that I prefer that I think can we talk about some stuff that you're passionate about because you're obviously passionate about reading and I love oh that my god I love I reading also passionate yeah. about reading but what else what else is going on oh god I don't know uh like I said I a huge um I cook a lot I bake a lot um those are the two things I we recently moved house. Um, it's a much bigger house and, uh, I host a lot. So I love having people over for food and I just spend like yeah. the two days beforehand cooking and mostly sometimes it's like two days afterwards, just cleaning and yeah. <laughs> eating leftovers. Cleaning so, yeah. Up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's like a huge thing in my life at the moment is, uh, hosting. It's kind of, I feel like it's what I was born to do. I love it so much. It's, it is one of my favorite things as yeah. well is making food for people and, like, watching them. Oh, my God. I love that so much. (laughs) (laughs) It just brings me such joy. Especially when someone will be like, "Um, this is, like, the nicest whatever I've had. Or especially if I bring kids around, and then I'll be like, okay, what type of food do your kids eat? Trust me, I've got this. And then the kids will eat the food. And sometimes people will bring, like, um, food for their kids. And they'll eat what I make instead. Like, oh my gosh, she's never eaten a yes. curry before. She's never eaten a soup before. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you want this recipe, you don't you? You doubted me. <laughs> yeah. I know. And kids are the absolute flipping worst, aren't well, they? Can, like, some, yeah. I mean, s- sometimes they're the best, but also they're mostly the I mean, best. when it comes to eating um, and food, yeah. <laughs> well, I think like my kids they're automatically going to say to no to something new. That's like the number one problem that we have is like they're all their first response when there's a new food or a new, not necessarily a new experience because they're pretty good about new experiences, but definitely new foods. It's like, nah, I'm good. Thanks. And, and that's such a bummer because literally like there is, uh, if it doesn't have mayonnaise in it, <laughs> and even sometimes if it has mayonnaise in it, I'm going to eat it. I'm going to at least try it but I'm most likely going to enjoy it. You know what I mean? So it's always such a bummer for me when my kids like won't try anything. Like I bake things all the time and my kids hardly ever eat. <gasps> no, really? 
I, it is true. Like even like sometimes it'll just be chocolate chip cookies and my kids will be like, no, thank but you. But why? I don't know. They're just weirdos. They're just big old weirdos. They don't know like, how lucky I they mean, are. I think I, I make homemade banana bread almost every week or coffee cake oh, and they just, they will never, uh, not ever. It's the, it's like, I have to just not get worried about it because I'm like, the more, the harder you try, Natalie, the more they're going to be like, no, it's poison. Uh, they so don't know how lucky they are. Just, like, like <laughs> that's like so many kids' dreams growing up is having like home baked goods in the house. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I was like a child of immigrants growing up. And obviously, like growing up, it was different for me than all the kids around me because obviously my parents didn't speak the language that well. Um, they worked yeah. constantly. We weren't that well off. And so you like know there's a distance between you and a lot of time, especially food, you don't know what the fuck they're talking about. What are these meals yeah. they're talking about? And a lot of it I picked up through, honestly, just pop culture, through books. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know what macaroni and cheese was. I was like, what, <laughs> what is this? Um, you know, it's like you, you kind of learn to bluff your way through certain things. And um, that's why it wasn't the reason I love books. I feel like it helped, it helped me fit in more than anything. I have to be honest, like, yeah. you've been the biggest book nerd. I was so lucky. I was never made fun of it or anything like that. Um, it's especially um, baked goods. We never had any of that. My mom used to make a lot of Asian desserts, Pakistani desserts. Okay. Uh, we never even shop bought, like, you know, yeah. uh, other desserts yeah. or anything like that. So, um, So for me, baking is still, like, a brave new world. It's still, you know, some of the, yeah. some of the things. I was like, cinnamon goes in desserts, in sweet things. <laughs> uh, cinnamon isn't just like in my meat rice. And it was just, it's yeah. just like some of the things that were discovered is just blows my mind. Um, and, you know, it's just kind of like, I want my kids to have the childhood I didn't have. And they are so resentful. They want the childhood I had. I <laughs> they're, like, yeah. they're like, why do you speak Punjabi to us? Why do you speak English to us? I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> why don't you make the food grandma makes? We don't like this food. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's always like that, yeah. isn't it? It's like my my kids are always um, wanting me to buy all the processed, like, we don't, mom, we haven't bought Pop-Tarts in a while. Mom, we haven't like bought this in a while. And whenever we're at the grocery store or, or this person at school brings this for lunch and it's always like Lunchables or whatever, I'm like, yeah, but like you're getting the same thing, but real food. Like I'm sending you a fucking croissant, okay? <laughs> I made this hey, from scratch all luck. night. <laughs> okay. I, I didn't make the croissant. Let's be real honest. I bought the croissant, but it's still, you're going to pick a Lunchable over a croissant. This is I don't French. Know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't, I have not succeeded at croissants. As much as I love eating croissants, they are my favorite carb. They are my favorite baked good. I can't, I have not succeeded. I need I think it's the chilling. I think I need to be more patient, which is like a story of my whole life, but I've seen a few like videos of how to make croissants and uh, it's above my level. I don't think yeah. I'll be able to get to that level. Uh, they look difficult. They look tough. Yeah. It's just, I think, I don't know if it, if they're very hard or it's just that they, they're just, they're just time consuming. You're spending half your day. Yeah. You know, yeah. Making one thing. And my mom makes some, she, my mom makes sourdough croissants and she does them overnight. And so she does a lot of her proving overnight. And then 
Um, so she breaks it up into two days, which, hey, there you go. You know what I mean? Mm. Then you can. But you're still spending two days. Yeah. Making something. That, that's like a kind that kind of thrill sometimes when you're baking or cooking is when you make something for the first time. You don't know what it's going to turn out like. So you spent all this money on ingredients, all your time. And it could be a piece of shit afterwards. Yeah. And you're just like, you don't know. You yeah. can just go straight in the bin and you're just like, okay, take out now. We don't have time to cook yes. anything else. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I've sunk all of my eggs, literal eggs, into this basket. And I don't have any more eggs. So you know what? We're ordering pizza. Yeah. Um, bin that. Yeah. Um, can we talk about swearing? Oh, I love swearing. Yeah. Me too. I really yeah. do. And I don't know. I mean, I think I loved swearing before I had kids. But I love swearing more now that I have kids. I do think. you swear in front of your kids? No, I do not. Do you not well, know? I mean, not on purpose. Yeah. Sometimes it happens, you know. But I swear a lot outside of my kids. Yeah. And then I modify things. I don't know if you listened to the episode where I discussed the term Jeezy Pete's as, a, as an alternative swear word. Um, you can use that in a place of a lot of swear words. But uh, I try not to just because we have very conservative grandparents that are around our kids a lot that my daughter used the term Jesus in front Uh, of grandma the other day. (laughs) It didn't go over very well. And that one I was probably guilty. That was probably me. (laughs) See, I've, I don't know, I suppose I don't consider that swear word, but. (laughs) <laughs> me me either obviously <laughs> no I've always been like a potty mouth but um uh-huh. I had like really religious conservative parents growing up so it's never in front of my parents and then mm-hmm. I've just managed to hide from my kids as well because I'm used to it but oh my god I'm swearing yeah. so much it yeah. really just lets the steam out you know what I mean it just I don't know I just I just find it really is part of my vocab and I just really appreciate it. And I also thought that was a funny thing that both of us had in common. Well, I, I hear a lot of people say, well, you know, swearing isn't ladylike. And I'm just in oh, my mind, I'm like, that. you're not my people. I never say, <laughs> yeah. in fact, I'm just like, you're not my people. You know, I'm just, <laughs> I, I, hear, I hear that a lot because I do have a potty mouth. I do hear that a lot. And I think people are always surprised at how much I swear. Um, but it is when someone says that, I know I'm kind of like, okay, well, okay. cross them off the list. Mm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they don't get a fucking holiday card, okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things, like, I, I think that that also challenges the concept of ladylike because what is a lady? You know what I mean? Really? <laughs> well, yeah. I think that this is, some of these things are just like internal misogyny. We have to yeah. unlearn, I think, uh, yeah. which is something I'm really conscious of. And I hate it when people try to. <clears throat> when people say that's not ladylike or that's not really I'm like well what is your internal assumptions about what is ladylike because mm-hmm. it's generally very oppressive so okay. yeah <clears throat> absolutely are you ready for a lightning round yes I am yeah all right well break it in slow with an easy one okay what is your favorite carb okay so well, you maybe ask, it's not easy. <laughs> you, you, ask, you ask this like most ask about asses. Yes. And I'm always just like all of them. I don't I don't think I've come across a carb I don't like. I Yeah. I, you know, I've heard all the answers and I'm just like, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think the one thing I can't re- live without is rice. I do love me some rice like in any form. 
wholemeal rice, boiled rice, fried rice yeah. in this form and that form. I don't like um, rice from like a packet, but uh-huh. you know, you know, when you make it yourself at home, mm, I love me some rice. I think I know the answer to this one because England. <laughs> are you a coffee person or a tea person? Oh, okay, no, I I'm neither. Oh, no. really? Oh, I know. No, I've never been a big tea drinker or coffee drinker. I'm like my ancestors are sharing like I'm a uh, Pakistani as well and they're massive tea drinkers and I'm I just I've never got into it I just to me it feels like you've just got warm water in your mug and people, <laughs> just, that's I'm exactly ne- what you have I, that and is also, it. <laughs> I'm the type of person who by ne- just naturally I just pee a lot and so an extra <laughs> cup of tea or coffee I mean the diuretics right and I'll just yeah. be like running the toilet and um, I remember before I had kids, before I became a stay-at-home mom, I, I was a teacher. I used to work in a secondary school. And all my colleagues, they just did not, because teachers are big to your coffee drinkers. They just didn't yeah. understand it. They were like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. And um, it just used to like fully baffle them. Um, and I don't like coffee because because I've not ever gotten used to caffeine. Yeah. Like, even if I mug at 2 p.m., I could be like, this could keep me up all night. I don't know. <laughs> it's, I don't, it's, a, it's a wild card. And so I'm just not used to it. And Yeah. So you <clears> don't <throat> do caffeine at all? Uh, no, I'd like uh, fizzy drinks, uh, which uh-huh. I'm, I'm getting much better at cutting, up, cutting down on. Um, but no, I'm not really. No. I can't understand your life right now. I know. Asha. I, I, I this this has this 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 really perplexed people uh, about this. <laughs> my, my like my mum and my sister and my dad are like huge tea and coffee drinkers um, and I just I just never felt it. I know I remember the only time I've had coffee in my life, well seriously had coffee, was when I was a student and I used to have to put yeah. all nighters. And yeah. so the smell of coffee does trigger me. I'll be like, oh my god, that time, <laughs> that time when I started an essay five hours before it was due. Like that's what I think. And I've never been able to get over those memories. So even when like pe- we we're out and you know, every people go to Starbucks and have go to Costa and they'll have you know um, lattes or whatever. I just oh, no, no, thank you. I just not feeling it. it even there's loads of sugar and syrups in it. I just I've never had it. I never, you, just never understood the appeal, and I just never. Are you an Aaron or a Melody? A hundred percent Melody. Yeah, yeah. What? Um, what? How do you identify? How? I mean, Aaron. Um, if I met Aaron in real life, I would be so intimidated. But I think I just. I never even thought of the question, am I Erin or am I Melody? But, it, but since you start asking the questions, I'm definitely like, oh yeah, I'm a Melody. It's yeah. just, yeah. It's, uh, I have a friend, one of my closest friends. She is definitely an Erin. And our relationship is quite similar. I'm just like, go over here, let me hug you, all the that. And she's like, oh my God, go away. And it's just, <laughs> like, can we, can we just be, like, behave a bit more? And it's just like, the more I learn about Melody, I'm just like, yeah, you know, yeah, the whole tentacles of love thing. And yes. yeah, the only way that I'm like an Erin is that I find bath meals absolutely gross. I think they're disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> every time they have a conversation on the pod about it i'm like stop 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 stop. have stop. you seen the picture on the cult where it's somebody that has floated um styrofoam plates <clears throat> in the bath and one has like a hot dog and one has like a I, like like barbecue chips 
I hate it so much. Um, I'm so sorry to whoever posted that. It's just, I don't even have, I've like, I don't think I've, since I've not been a child, I've never even had a bath. I'm not a bath person. I'm a shower yeah. person. I remember when I was pregnant with my son, I had such severe back pain and my husband oh. was like, you know, um, I read and people have told me a bath is good for you. And he so sweetly like drew up a really nice bath for me. And I went in after 10 minutes. I was like, I hate this. And I actually feel worse. <laughs> and I had to call him in. I was like, get me out of this fucking bath. Yeah. I was like, get oh, the- I'm get so it. big. And I've never <laughs> had a bath again. I've never had a bath 10 years before that. And I didn't have a bath 10 years after that. And honestly, it's just, um, I don't get baths. I don't get how people can stay in them for so long. I don't get why people stay in them until they're pruny. It's just beyond my comprehension. And eating in a bath. Guys, what's wrong with you? I don't get it. I find it so gross. <laughs> but, but we support you and love you and you do your thing. No problem. You um, do okay. you, guys. Yeah. <laughs> what, what is your go-to snack outside of the bath? Because we talked about carbs, but do you have a favorite snack? Like something you hide from your kids so they won't eat it or something like that? Anything crunchy. If it's crunchy, mm-hmm. I, I I can't help picking at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand. So, I understand yeah. completely. Crunchy crunch, textures, crunch, crunch. food food textures are amazing. Yeah. Do you have a Do you have a favorite trope, like book trope? I love all of them. It just depends what I'm in the mood for. You know, um, I'm a huge Kennedy Ryan fan, and what mm-hmm. she tends to do in a lot of her books, which I've come, we kind of she'll just gut you, won't she? She just will take it right out of you. Well, yeah. Uh, she does not care. She she uh, is she makes some choices as an author. But what she does is a lot. She has like the characters meet when they're young, and then they have to be apart for like ten, fifteen years, where they're like pining yes. after each other, and they might um, cross paths, but they're like with other people, and the timing's just not right. And then when they finally hit, boom! That's what I. That's the kind of tropes I've been kind of loving, like Did you, lots of mutual pining from across time and distance yes. and, you know. You're the I'm, second person you, has chosen mutual pining, by the way. I just want yes. you to know. Yeah. Um, okay. I have one more. I have one more question for you. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. If you could dispense one condiment from um, your belly button, what would it be? <sighs> okay. So I have to have spicy food. I can't eat non-spicy food. I just, I sure. chili flakes to everything. And uh-huh. um, firstly, I would like to say this question is so out of the world. I absolutely <laughs> love it. I don't know where it comes from, <laughs> what it means. And every time you ask it in an Ask a Badass, I'm just always flawed. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so it proud. Is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Can you, ima- no, can you imagine if in real life someone does start dispensing a, co- a condiment from the belly button? <laughs> Get the fuck away from me. <laughs> you go on a first date from like a match.com. Oh my God. <laughs> it's just like you're going out to eat and you're like, hang on, this food's missing a little. And you get up and you lift up your top and you just like squirt from your belly button. That is some shit that even I think Grace Goodwin would not. <laughs> um, and um, uh, so. It is anything. I was thinking like a spicy sauce. We have a restaurant here called Nando's, which I love. Uh, it's like a chick- grilled chicken place, and they have um, peri peri sauces. Oh yeah, and you yum. can buy you can buy them from like the supermarkets as well. And so we we always try and grab some. <clears throat> and yeah, I love I love peri peri sauce. You can put it on top of anything. It and, is so good. Yeah. It has got so many good flavors because there's like a vinegar part in it, and then right, and then there's like a 
is like a red pepper, right? Uh, I just go for the hot and spicy, extra hot. Yeah. (laughs) The two extra hot and extra hot. That's what I grab. (laughs) Yeah. You are too rich for my blood. I am not a spicy person at all. Yeah, I know. I'm over here just putting ketchup on my eggs. You know what I mean? Like, that's all I got. <laughs> uh, I do love ketchup. I love ketchup. I'm, I'm not a mayonnaise type person. No. Uh, I do love ketchup. And uh, just spice. Spice is my thing. I, I've yes. not come across anyone who's got a higher spice tolerance than me. I can, I can go for it. Great. Have you ever watched the show Hot Ones? I have not. So it's a U.S. show. It's based in Chicago, and they interview celebrities while eating um, increasingly spicy hot wings, and they talk about all the hot sauces on them. And so the celebrities are getting, like, super bad reactions to the hot sauce, and they're, like, suffering, and it's hilarious, but they're still trying to answer the question. Are they, like, it's just, like, are they, like, filthy afterwards? Like, their hands are, like, covered in sauces in their mouth um, and everything? No, no, because they only have to take, like, one bite. Oh. And so they get, like, they're not, like, they're not, like, messy, messy, but oh. they are, like, sweating. Their eyes are watering. One time, I don't remember who it was, Will Ferrell, I think, was on there, and he was, like, zoning out <laughs> at... It was, it's amazing. You should definitely YouTube it. It is, it's a YouTube channel. Like, it's, all the episodes are on there. They just had... Paul Rudd just was on there. (gasps) I love Paul Rudd. He is my go-to. Hey, look at us. Look at y'all now. I I just love him so much. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and he's on there and he does the same thing. Hey, look at us. <laughs> you and me, right? Yeah. Oh my god. And uh-huh. do you know? You know, you read in romance novels, especially that character had a twinkle in their eye. You yes. don't really see that in real life, except through a screen. Paul Rudd has a yes. twinkle in his eye. He I does. Watched that. I've watched the Ant Man movie so many times. I love it so much. Really? I haven't seen it. I really need to. I don't not- have like Disney Plus or anything, so I don't really have a good way to like. Do, do you Marvel? Would you not Marvel? Um, I don't really see shows or movies. So, <laughs> Natalie, Natalie, Natalie. <laughs> no, I know. I, I mean, I won't listen to enough Ask a Badass. This is where we don't have anything in common. I am such a pop culture hound. I watch so many yes. TV shows. I watch so many movies. Uh, I'm a huge Marvel fan. But, well, and I, I don't have anything against it. Like, it's, it's, I universally across the board do not watch movies. Like, it's not anything. Like, I've watched... Grease two over fifty times, <laughs> but I will not see will not see a new movie. Um, so it's a personal flaw. Okay, uh, I mean, I can't I can't ever watch a movie again. I think the only movie I regularly watch are the Marvel movies. That's because my sons are huge fan. But um, yeah. is it the Mummy? I will always watch. I, oh. I stand hard for that movie. But generally, I don't like watching movies again. I'm like, I've, se- I've seen this. I don't need to. I already watch- know how it is. I don't need yeah. to watch it again, except to, you yeah. know, pull it apart and be like, that doesn't make sense, <laughs> that doesn't make sense, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> and enjoy the hell out of it. I do um, love that, yeah. Well, this was so amazing. Thank you for getting up in the middle of the night or staying up or however you did it. Uh, I'm I had still, to get like, up. Um, <laughs> I, I fully uh, intended to stay up and I fell asleep. Luckily, I had set an uh, alarm. <laughs> you are a, a superhero. I cannot even imagine doing yeah, this. Yeah, so I'm, I'm so... sorry if I come across as loony or crazy. 
Blame it on the sleep deprivation. Don't blame I'm me. I'm not going to blame it on anything. <laughs> I am going to embrace this as who you are in this moment. And I loved it so much. Thank you so much for doing this I'm with not, me. You are so good at this. You're such an expert interviewer. <laughs> I love talking I to people, that. but you are so good. <laughs> I just love it. I love, like, it's people that you have spent time interacting with online. You know what I mean? I would say that I exist 90% on the internet. Well, I exist 100% for my kids in person <laughs> and with friends. With friends, it's like 90% of my friends are on the internet. Uh, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, um, they are real friends, Scott, but they are internet friends. Yeah. But, um, yes, Scott. But yeah, I got so, that so yeah. yeah. There it is. Um, so it's it's always really amazing to be able to kind of touch like base with people, you know, and be able to put like a feeling and a conversation. And I just love it. But so thank you for doing it. You're that. so good at it. You just make everyone sound like your best. I was like, how is she going to do it? But you just did it. It's just like, I feel like we've known each other for ages. We've talked for ages and it isn't. We just like met for the first we just, time. We just today. have a lot in common. Yeah. I, you and I. Oh. That's great. That, that really makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I have loved every uh, one hour and seven minutes of it. And um, I hope to talk to you again soon. Okay. However we do it. However it happens. On the internet, over a voice chat, whatever we got to do, man. Let's do it. This is amazing. In the middle of the night. I'll wake up in the middle of the night for you. Maybe. <laughs> I'll try my best. <laughs> I think I will set an alarm. <laughs> I think like if you're like the outlier, if everyone else in one time zone and you're the other one, you've got to accommodate for everyone else. Oh, that's, I that's don't know what about I that. think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, keep being a badass and love yourself as much as you love heaving bosoms. Heaving bosoms, yeah. Hey, you. Yes, listener, you. Are you loving the show? If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes. We are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars... Then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah, Lilas! Okay, back to the show. <laughs>